Come on with it. Hey, y'all, this is Chicker Chicky. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for popping in. Hey, August is already here. And down here where I live, that means back to school time. By the time you hear this, I'll be back into the grind getting ready for a whole new crop of 8th graders. Which means at this stage, here at the end of the summer, I must start to prepare myself for the challenge of the 8th grade mind. Believe it or not, this preparation is necessary ritual if I'm going to be an effective teacher in the coming school year. Because you see, if I don't prepare myself, if I don't prepare my mind, I'll demand that my students behave as adults. And then when they don't behave that way, and they will not behave that way, I'll get all bent out of shape and become that teacher. I mean, the one who screams and rails and demands to know, what's wrong with you kids nowadays? Then daily I'll go home and whine about it to my wife at dinner, thereby poisoning my home life and turning my whole world dark. So I've got to get my head ready, got to get my head in the game for this school year. And yet, even when I do get myself ready, I mean, and I know right now, I will relapse from time to time. For example, last year I was doing pretty well, cruising along smoothly. Then one day, at lunchtime in the cafeteria, one of my students, let's call him John, suddenly brought his fist down hard on a packet of ketchup, sending red gobs of goo in all directions, all over the table and onto other kids' faces and clothes, Lots of screams, shouts, which brought me to my wit's end, so I grabbed John by the arm, dragged him out of the cafeteria, into the hall where I pressed him against the wall and demanded, Why did you do that? As soon as the words came out of my mouth, I knew this was the dumbest thing I could have said. Because if I'd had stopped to think about it, this kid was a 13-year-old boy. He had no idea why he had done that. He looked at me with big, round, fearful eyes, shrugged his shoulders, and said, I don't know. Which were probably the three most honest words he had said all day. And really, what did I expect him to say? Well, sir, I was sitting there when I heard this tiny catch-up voice squeaking, Let my people go! And so I took it upon myself to liberate the catch-up from the packet. The thing is, 13, 14-year-olds, especially boys, are the epitome of impulsive. They don't think about it and then do it. They do it and then think about it. That's just how they roll. And so a big part of my preparation for any coming school year is pausing and remembering that there is literally a scientific reason my students are going to spend a lot of the year acting like absolute twits. And it all boils down to the brain. As you may know, the brain is largely an electrical machine. It thinks and acts by sending electrical charges down wires, a series of wires, some of which are called axons. When we're born, 
And when we're young, the brain is a bit like the mail-order radio kit I tried to put together when I was nine years old. Not following the directions well, I had wires going all over the place, connected in all sorts of random ways, so when I hooked it up to the big battery, all it got was sparks and smoke. In the adolescent brain, you get a lot of sparks and smoke. But as children grow... Their brains weed out and pull offline all of those unnecessary and sparky connections, and the brain begins to rewire itself so that it is lean and efficient and can respond intelligently and appropriately to the environment. Another fascinating thing is that these wires or axons are not well insulated in childhood and adolescent years. Think for a moment of a basic copper electrical wire. Its purpose is to transmit an electrical current from one end of the wire to the other. But if the wire is not well insulated, that current could just jump from the wire in any direction and never make it to the other end. Well, the insulation on your brain wires are sheaths called myelin. M-Y-E-L-I-N. Myelin. And when you're born and in your younger, early childhood, there's almost no myelin, no insulation on your wiring, which accounts for a lot of those sparks flying in every direction. Over time, your wires or axons go through a process called myelination. That is, the insulation begins to form around your wiring, enabling information to travel more efficiently from point to point. All of this weeding out and insulating that goes into your brain takes time, a good bit of time. As you may know, typically the human brain doesn't reach its full potential until you're in your mid to late 20s. It takes that long to efficiently insulate the wires and weed out the unnecessary wiring. And then there's this. And by the way, if you're over 50 years old, you may want to fast forward the podcast at this point because I'm about to deliver some bad news. That myelin, that insulation that makes your axons so efficient, it starts wearing thin and wearing away as you get older. Your insulation is leaving town and sparks again begin to fly all over the place. This accounts for the, slow, the slowness, the forgetness, and dare I use the S word, the senility that encroaches as we get older. In fact, the trajectory of a brain's life can be likened to a bell curve. When you're born, it's way down there at the bottom, practically on the ground. As you grow, it starts to climb in terms of its efficiency. It tops out in your late 20s and plateaus for a while and then begins to descend. Instead of a bell curve, though, I like to picture this as a jungle gym, or monkey bars as we used to call them on a playground. Neurologically, each of us is climbing over the monkey bars from birth to death. And here's the deal. I am about to turn 68 years old. I am on the far side of those monkey bars coming down. And you know what? If I look through the monkey bars to the other side, why, there are my students. We're looking at each other eye to eye, sort of on the same level. Only they're on the mend, 
They're on their way up. I'm on my way out. My brain insulation is wearing out, increasingly porous. Their brain insulation is porous too, but theirs is developing. Mine is deteriorating. This is why eighth graders sometimes display the same behaviors as do older folks trying to battle away dementia. Forgetfulness, for example. Eighth graders can be notoriously forgetful. Did you bring your reading book to class? Uh, I forgot. Well, yeah, I myself forgot to take my medication this morning. Once I noticed that a student was tardy to class, so I stepped into the hall to see if she was there. Well, she was. In fact, she was hopscotching down the hall using the floor tiles as targets for her feet. She didn't notice me standing, waiting for her until she was right in front of me. She stopped suddenly, embarrassed. And I asked that stupid teacher question, Why were you doing that? Her shoulders slumped. She looked down at the floor and muttered, I don't know. And then she asked me a question. Why are you wearing two different kinds of shoes? I looked down at my feet. Apparently that morning I had mindlessly put on a gray sneaker and a white sneaker. I don't know, I told her, looking through the monkey bars at her. I guess I wasn't thinking. So I've just let you in on the little pep talk I give myself, the little ritual I do before the school year starts. But let me be clear. Despite the fact that my students are not purposefully trying to be twits, they still need consequences for their errors. As educators, and this goes for parents even more so, our task is to help these young people to clean up and develop their brain wiring, to weed out the unnecessary wiring, to grow the insulation around the necessary wiring, and the only way for that to happen is to help kids see and experience the consequences of poor choices. Yet the spirit in which we help these kids see and experience those consequences is enormously important. If we expect from these kids the mature behavior of a 30-year-old adult, then we will melt down when one of them slams his fist on a ketchup packet or another is late to class because she's hopscotching through the halls. If, on the other hand, we deliver consequences with patience, compassion, love, and humility, understanding that we ourselves occasionally are twits, if we can deliver consequences in this spirit, then the young person will be far more likely to take the consequences to heart and adapt his or her brain to better deal with the surrounding world. So now, folks, I'm off into that brave new world. I'll spend the next nine months at close quarters with about 100 13- and 14-year-old kids. To be honest, I'm pretty charged up about it. I'm looking forward to meeting them, to, to, to learning their life stories, and to just having a great, great year. Wish me luck. Hey, thank y'all for being here. Appreciate your spending this time with me. Shoot me an email at chiggertiki at gmail.com. Visit the blog, chiggertiki.com. 
Uh, and subscribe to the podcast anywhere you get podcast. And be kind, be excellent to one another, and come back next time. Oop, I think I hear, yep, there's the bell. Bell.